in to score Merrifield. Kiermaier's in to score. Springer's coming down the line. He wants to score. It's an inside the Parker for George Springer. Berrios on the move. Pitch out a chain. Blocked by Berrios. Blocked by Armstead. Look at him dive. Look at him score. David sliding it to Bouchard. He gets it back. A pass over. And a ball for Dreisaitl. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Woohoo! It's Friday! Oh man, weekend is here. Nice to go into the weekend on a couple of notes where, um, how would you say it? Getting crushed? The Americans are getting crushed at the Ryder Cup. Smacked. Smacked. Detroit Lions uh, crushed. Smacked them. <laughs> Just crushed. Um, last night uh, in the Thursday night football game at Lambeau Field against Green Bay. Uh, welcome to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with our Friday co-host who, he's, well, he, he's smacked. It's smacked is the word. Uh, Eddie Steele, former CFLer and double ear. Good morning, Eddie. How's it going, big guy? Uh, doing well, Kevin. Good morning to yourself, Duke. Good morning and good morning, Edmonton. And we bring in the Duke of Delburn. Who was at that Thursday night game at CBH? And it was packed and smacked it for you. It was packed at the Lewis Estates uh, Canadian Brewhouse location where uh, myself and Connor Halley rotate around every Thursday night and Monday night game. The Brewhouse giving away tickets to the Super Bowl, mm. Kevin, uh, coming up championship weekend here in January. So it's a long way off, a lot of names to get entered. But yeah, great atmosphere. Great food, great drinks as always. Uh, very fun night. And, you know, the game, not necessarily close for most of it. It started so promising for Green Bay <laughs> on that first drive, but that was about the peak of their night uh, there yeah, within the first yeah. few minutes. It, it was. So, um, Eddie, when you look at that game and look at the Lions, they're an overtime loss from being 4-0. and Yeah, they, they have a really good team, and we talked about this uh, at the beginning of the month uh, coming off of a Thursday night game, I think it was. Uh, the Lions, they, they're inspiring when they play, and they play for their head coach. But anytime, and I'll have a little rant about my NFL and CFL bias, <laughs> but anytime you can run the ball for 32 times and the running back only has like 120 yards, you know what kind of game that was. They just ground that ball out and pounded the clock. David Montgomery, the first Detroit running back with three rushing touchdowns at Lambeau Field. Think about that. You got Barry Sanders all those mm-hmm. years. Uh, some other great running backs in Detroit like Billy Sims. Yep. You go back a, a long ways. But, I mean, Montgomery just ran the ball right down Green Bay's throat. And for a little, besides a little bit of a lull in the third quarter, but you can't. You can't dominate a team all all for 60 minutes. You're going to have that little pushback. Green Bay pushed back in the third. Detroit wavered a tiny little bit, yep. I think. Yep, a but little then, bit. But then you could see that they're not the lines of old where they're going to go and fold. Exactly. So Exactly. In like the ebbs and flows of a game. And then the Lions, they showed that they are a team that's not to be messed with. They are for real. And it's still shocking because we're so used to the Lions being the doormats of the NFL. So it's pretty remarkable that, and it's pretty hard to believe that the Lions might be for real. It's hard to say that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people ask me who my um, NFL team is or was. It kind of was the Chargers in San Diego. I couldn't kind of follow them to LA. But when we were growing up in Saskatchewan, we had Detroit cable. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that was our cable 
So we kind of, that's all, we got force-fed lions yeah. from all the sports casts in Detroit and, you know, in the 80s and things like that. So, you know, again, all those old running backs and Chris Spielman and, I mean, they had some great players, but it seemed by American Thanksgiving... They never were, could do. They were done. Yeah, never could do. I mean, you have two of the arguably the best at their positions. I mean, uh, Cal- Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the best receivers ever, but he's uh, is of his generation. He is the best, and a lot of NFL players or former players will say that uh, he walked away from the franchise. Barry Sanders, he walked away from the franchise. It's pretty remarkable. There's no other team that can say that guys walk away like that. Yeah, Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele with you on a Friday morning. Uh, man, it's uh, good to have the weekend. A whole uh, bunch of things going on this weekend. Before we get to that, just one more comment on the Lions. When you watch, as a former defensive lineman, when you watch Aiden Hutchinson, what do you see? Great player, high energy. Uh, the best thing about him that I love is he just plays at such a high, high level in terms of his compete level and uh, his effort. And that's something that I know coaches love. And when you can see a guy's effort level visibly stick out on, on tape, especially in the NFL, it's pretty cool to see. And he's just always chasing the ball sideline to sideline. And that's tough to do as a defensive lineman. Man, is it ever. And uh, it's, again, weird to say. It just feels weird. Um, especially in that division, you got Minnesota's own three. Mm, we know Chicago. That's me. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Knife to the heart for Eddie Steele. Um, uh, we know Minnesota has the horses to kind of get back in the race. Yep. Chicago is done already at 0-3. Yeah. Everyone's saying that. It would be a miracle for them to get back. So now Green Bay wavering a little bit. But... I mean, Detroit's never, the, when they went to the NFC North, Detroit's never even won that division. Yeah. It's never even happened. It's theirs to lose, I think, this season. I think the division, the NFC North, is totally Detroit's to lose. You look at the situation in Green Bay uh, with Love as the quarterback. I don't I don't see him getting the job done. Minnesota, you're at an 0-3 hole. I mean, history in the NFL says if you go 0-2, you're pretty much, your season is done. So mm-hmm. being at 0-3, I don't see them getting out. They have the horses on offense, but their defense is Swiss cheese. <laughs> Our one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty text line. Uh, time for the morning roll call. Stair Farmer chimes in. Good morning, boys. Thanks for another great week of sports radio. Appreciate you listening. Um, Stair Farmer waiting for the king of Fort Nasty's uh, uh, text to come in. Uh, before we get to uh, another jam packed lineup on a on a Friday. Um, again, the Friday shows are, are are easy with you, Eddie, because you're such a pro coming in, but. We always promo what's happening Friday night, Saturday, because that's when everything happens on the weekend. Sports is happening. I mean, uh, you know, the Oilers play tonight. Yep. Uh, they're in Calgary, uh, game four of the uh, preseason. What's funny with Eddie is that not only does he um, know everything about football, but he's immersed in sports. So, like, when he came in the studio this morning, he was like, hey, what about this? What about that? And, like, you know, we're talking about uh, we're going to have a guest on from Montreal. Hey, well, yeah, Kirby Doc, yeah, you know. he's So that's what's cool about Yeti. So uh, have you been able to kind of check the Oilers out in the preseason a little bit and kind of what are your um, early thoughts, I guess, on the team? Absolutely. Um, definitely tuned in. The thing about it with me is, uh, Kevin, I- I'm a veteran of sports, so – 
when you become a veteran, preseason really becomes um, something that you don't enjoy very much. And you can even just see it with the vets on the Oilers. They're kind of they're going through the motion, getting the kinks out, but nobody's playing hard. Uh, like <laughs> just for example, you look back at the Vegas game a couple nights ago and that hit that Mark Stone took. Like, as a veteran, man, you ain't trying to go out and play in the preseason and get banged up and take hits like that. In football, I'm not even trying to hit the turf and have to pick (laughs) myself up off the turf because you got a whole season you got to prepare for, and that's the reality in in hockey, 82 games. So in terms of I I don't put a whole lot into this this Oilers team right now for the preseason, and the reality is, too, there's only one roster spot up for grabs. Team's already solidified, so there's not a whole lot that's going to happen. It's really about the boys once the season starts hit the ground running and get hot fast you can see the reaction of the players um when Connor mcdavid scored the overtime uh winner on uh, wednesday against vancouver quickly unsnapped his chin strap just wanted to get the get just the hell business. off the ice just yep. get off the ice exactly i mean uh, i've no had celebrate. enough had enough exactly. let's get going um we touched on the Ryder cup off the top so it's going on uh, in rome this morning they had in the morning foursomes so get this Ra- John Rahm and uh, Terrell Hutton crushed Scheffler and Burns, four and three. Victor Hovland uh, and Auburn crushed Homa and Harmon, four and three. Then uh, Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka, two and one over Ricky Fowler and Colin Morikawa, two mm-hmm. and one. Then in match four, Rory McIlroy and... Um, um, Mick Fleetwood, they call him over there. Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, <laughs> over Shoffley and Cantley, 2-1. and one, To sweep. To sweep. For uh, the morning foursomes, which is alternate shot. Uh, it's Sometimes people get a little bit confused in that, not the, the real golfer. So uh, the afternoon four ball is well underway in, uh, in Italy. Hovland and Hatton are tied with Thomas and Spieth. Rom and Hogard are two up on Scheffler and Kepka. McIntyre and Rose are losing. So the Americans are only ahead in one match so far uh, uh, to Homa and Clark. But get this, Rory McIlroy and Fitzpatrick, Matthew Fitzpatrick and against Morikawa and Shoffley are six up after seven holes. Wow. They tied the first hole and then the last six holes have blasted off. Domination. <laughs> Six so, up. Yeah. Uh, you got to, I mean, that would be a miracle for those guys to come back even for a half. So keep in mind, Europe has to win by the half point. There's 28 and a half points. So yeah. you, you got, they got to get four to 14 and a half. Um, so we had Laddie Schmid in yesterday. Team guy, just like you are a team guy, golf, individual sport. But when they get to this stage, it's a team sport. Do you kind of appreciate that, Eddie, that that dynamic? I, I do. It's really neat to see the guys come together because we're so used to seeing them compete in tournaments and mm-hmm. uh, individually, right, and against each other. But it's really cool to see them come come together um, for the nations and then just how rowdy it gets. That's what <laughs> I love. It, it really becomes with the boys, you know, and it's mm-hmm. rowdy and the fans are rowdy. The fans are throwing guys beers to pound and stuff. It, it's a, <laughs> such a different atmosphere. It's really cool. Uh, and again, it's not just a tournament because the waste management tournament, that gets rowdy with the fans. But yeah. again, you're just competing against each other when you're teamed up. It's so much cooler to see see guys high-fiving and stuff. It's cool. 
They had, um, you mentioned waste management. You you see that on 16, the, the whole, how great it is with the grandstand. And you see the fans, you know, they're well. They're going. They're well they're lubed. They're well lubed. <laughs> well lubed up, man. And those, um, I know a lot of buddies that have been there. They don't even, some of them haven't even seen a shot. I mean, they're, they're, they're like, they're, they're seeing shots, but not that kind of shots. I've seen some shots, Kevin, but I don't think they've seen any golf shots. Speaking of shots, I don't know if you heard yesterday, we got on this Sambuca thing and people started sending in all their Sambuca, I don't know, recipes recipes? for paralyzers. Did you, did you manage to find a little Sambuca last night at the CBH? I did not even ask Kevin because, uh, yeah, that is a a thing that I don't, I have no reason to ever drink Sambuca ever again in my life. I, I, I said, that's the only black licorice flavored, uh, anything that I'll tolerate, but I'm not going out of my way to, to seek it. Connor Halley saying yesterday that back in his yeah. glory days, that was his drink of choice. Ooh. I heard him say that it was a good night when you woke up and the table was sticky. <laughs> like, give me a break. That's the, we that's the former... Uh, Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Halley. Man, imagine the parties that were going no, we on in Connor's stickiness house. That, we, you know, we all know that stickiness. That's do you know gross. what Connor says, Kevin? He says uh, he's not a former Ross Shep T-Bird. Oh, uh, once know. a T-Bird, always a T-Bird, is what I Connor know. says. I like I like the former because I don't know, what, what, there was an old NFL show, and I think, who was it Tom Jackson, the old commentator? Yep. He, wherever, what was his college? I can't remember ah, now, but they would say so the good. former, and then Tom Jackson, Tom Jackson would jump in. That's kind of why I, I kind of copied that for, yeah. for Connor Halley. So he, in my heart, he will always be the former. The former T-Bird. Former T-Bird. Uh, so another jam-packed show for you on a Friday morning. Eddie Steele will be with us from 7 to 9. So um, lots of good stories coming up and a uh, good perspective uh, right off the hop because we've got Mitch Gallo from TSN 690 in Montreal to talk about the Canadians and their rebuild. They've got a lot of local products that uh, they have uh, in the mix. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Alouettes. And, uh, I mean, the Alouettes, Eddie, 7-7. Seven and seven, Yeah. Probably. Second look, in the West. Looking pretty, uh, in the East, or East yeah, sorry. Looking pretty good for home playoff, I yep. would think, they'll which get is it. key. Yep, and lots of Edmonton connections there. Uh, for sure. Yep, there. Um, at 8 o'clock, uh, on the mark for Booster Juice, Mark Spector will join us. Uh, we're hoping, we're really hoping, and I think we can uh, facilitate this. Matt Dunnigan uh, at 8.20 for our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter. Uh Man, started his career here in 83. So, uh, man, there you go, 40 years ago. What a, what a career, too, and yeah. just been a part of the game for so long. Um, you know, and he's done it all. You think about it. A lot of people forget that he was running the show in Calgary. Yeah, you know, myself included. There you You're go. Right. You know, so right. he he saw it from a a management perspective. He saw it from you know obviously a player, and then you, you know even we were talking about we we used to watch his old cooking show. Yeah, which was I I didn't mind it. It was no. all right TV. The guns <laughs> were out always. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean you know I think he was borrowing uh, Gizmo shirts for that <laughs> thing, wasn't he? Uh, at 9.20, uh, Ryan Bartoshik, uh, AJHL commissioner. Of course, they've got the showcase going on in, in Calgary. Just a, That is, it's a, it's one-stop shopping, you could say, for NCAA scouts. For, I mean, depending on your age, there's still some WHL scouts that would sniff around a little bit. But, uh, I mean, that's a big, big thing for the AJHL. Man, oh, man. At uh, 10 o'clock, uh, Jim Ocharski from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, uh, Milwaukee, just uh, 
They, well, they grabbed all the headlines. The Bucks big did trade. with the big trade for uh, Damian Lillard. So uh, we will check in uh, with Jim Bocharski, talk a little basketball at 10 o'clock. And then uh, NFC West uh, in the NFL will uh, hook up with Eric Williams from Fox Sports. And, it, I mean, the, the first question is, is this San Fran's division to lose? Is it, mm-hmm. I mean, is it a given, I mean, for them to, for the Niners to win that uh, division? But when we come back, we will hook up with Mitch Gallo from TSN, 690 in Montreal. This is a Kevin Carey show with Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Ah, the Duke goes back to the future with a little Huey Lewis uh, on a Friday morning, 7-19 in Edmonton, looking at a high of 12, a little chilly day uh, as we head into the weekend. Oilers in Calgary tonight. The Montreal Canadiens are taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, and uh, we head out to Montreal to talk to our first guest of the morning, uh, Mitch Gallo from TSN 960. Uh, Mitch, welcome to Sports 1440. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well, guys. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time. So, um, Leafs and uh, Habs tonight uh, in the early going, and I mean, after you've seen, uh, you know, uh, this time under head coach Marty St. Louis, do you believe that the Canadians are kind of creating that identity that they want under their uh, young head coach? Uh, I, I definitely think so. It's a, it's a work in progress, but... Talking to the players, anytime you bring up Martin St. Louis, especially to the young guys, but even to veteran guys that have been around this team for, for quite some time, uh, they rave about Martin St. Louis and the uh, culture that, uh, that he's trying to uh, put in place uh, with, this, uh, with this young group of players. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the roster top to bottom, obviously there's still a lot of work to, to be done. And when you look at the division that the Canadians play and in the Atlantic division, it's going to be Real tough playing catch-up now to teams like Ottawa, Buffalo, even Detroit, maybe to a lesser extent, that have been going through a rebuild. But with uh, with Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes in charge, they are taking the uh, slow approach, which is something we haven't seen in Montreal. We haven't seen the team go through a rebuild. Uh, but with Martin St. Louis and what he's trying to do, I think he's the right guy to, to lead the rebuild into eventually in two, three years from now, a team that is going to try to compete for the Stanley Cup. If you've got a text regarding the Montreal Canadiens, shoot it off. 1-833-401-1440. 1-833-401-1440. Mitch Gallo, TSN 960 Montreal is our guest. Uh, at what stage do you think they're in the building process here, Mitch? And uh, safe to say they would be building it around their top two young forwards uh, moving forward? Yeah, uh, for sure. With Caulfield and Suzuki, those are two really great building blocks. So I would tell you that the Canadians are very, very uh, early in the uh, in the process here. They've tried to accelerate it a little bit, and that's something that they've spoken about. Rather than try to accumulate as many draft picks as possible, which we've seen a lot of teams do when trying to rebuild, they've tried to acquire players that were drafted very high and were two or three years into their career and maybe hadn't blossomed into the players that uh, people had hoped they would be. I'm talking about uh, Kirby Doc, who they acquired uh, last year at the draft that was held here in Montreal, or an Alex Newhook that they picked up from Colorado in this offseason. They're trying to accelerate the process a little bit, but still you're waiting on number one overall pick, Uri Slavkowski, to develop into what people hope a number one player, a number one drafted player develops into, or... Uh, a Reinbacher who they draft fifth overall this year, who is definitely going to take some time and go back to, he's going to go back to Europe this year. So you're going to have to wait on those uh, top end players that uh, they've drafted this management team. Now part of two drafts, 
So I would tell you it's very uh, early in the, the process, but the hope is that it doesn't take as long as it's taken some of these other teams that have gone to, uh, through a rebuild to, to try to put together a competitive team. Mitch Gallo, TSN 960 Montreal is our guest. Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele, Sports 1440. Uh, Mitch, uh, Eddie's got a couple for you that uh, he wants to discuss uh, regarding some of that young local talent uh, from an Edmonton perspective. Yeah, good morning, Mitch. And uh, you had mentioned the name earlier, uh, Kirby Dock, and obviously us being the Edmonton market. Uh, just give our listeners, the audience, uh, a little update, not only on Kirby Dock, but Caden uh, Gooley in terms of how they've been looking thus far do- throughout training camp. All right, well, with, uh, with Kirby Dock, <laughs> the other night uh, in that game against uh, the Ottawa Senators, he was at times, like a bull in a china shop. Like, this guy was just knocking people over. And he's a player that uh, that hasn't really uh, been known as a, as a physical presence uh, by any stretch of the imagination. However, uh, he, he has shown that if you try to initiate contact with him, he'll stand in there and he has uh, no problems uh, engaging in that type of hockey. Uh, for him, I think it's really going to depend on health as that was an issue last year he scored 14 goals i believe in uh in 58 games so he was limited uh with his uh, games played total unfortunately uh, so staying healthy will be key but the canadians are thrilled with his uh, with his progression and uh, like uh, suzuki and caulfield that uh, were brought up just a little bit earlier he is going to be a big piece a big part of uh, what they're trying to do and uh, the hope is that he takes not just a step forward but a leap forward uh, this coming season, but they're happy with uh, with what they have uh, right now in uh, Kirby Dock. As far as Caden uh, Gooley, uh, same story with the injury uh, uh, last season. Uh, battled it and uh, had to come out of the lineup and miss a bunch of games. But for a rookie, uh, the poise that he played with last year, people were so impressed. Uh, looking at his game, uh, coming out of junior hockey right into the NHL, mm. didn't have a lot of warts and cleaning up to do like some mm. junior players do. Uh, looking at Logan Mayu, by the way, in camp, like he's a guy you could tell he's a junior player and he needs uh, his game to uh, to to be brought up to speed at the NHL level with some of the mistakes he makes. But Caden Gooley came in and it's like, wow, this guy is already prepped and NHL ready. Uh, his camp, he's he's actually played in both preseason games because Matheson was a late scratch in the second one. Uh, the first game was, uh, I would say, okay, uh, not great, but he had been off playing hockey in, in game situations for a while, so you cut him a little bit of slack there. And then in, uh, in game number two, he was looking like the player we saw last year. So the, the hope is he has a healthy uh, season. And the other thing with uh, Caden Gooley that everyone really likes is his, uh, his leadership capabilities. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys know all about yeah. that from his, uh, from his junior days. But even though uh, Suzuki is uh, locked in as, uh, as the captain of this team for probably a very, very long time, Caden uh, Gooley is going to be a strong voice, I would think, in that locker room. Conducts himself in that captain serious uh, type of way, and and is going to be a big part of uh, the Canadians moving forward. Yeah, he. It's not going to be long until Caden Gooley's wearing a letter on his jersey in Montreal. We saw that in Prince Albert. We saw it uh, when he got traded uh, from the Raiders uh, to the Oil Kings uh, for their um, Memorial Cup run, and then at the World Juniors. I mean, just a fabulous uh, young player. Great family uh, from from Edmonton uh, for sure. Uh, our guest, Mitch Gallo, TSN nine sixty Montreal, Carrier Steel fourteen forty in. Edmonton. Um, 
how would you describe the goaltending situation with the Canadians uh, moving forward? And can you kind of include a little bit of knowledge uh, regarding Carey Price? Well, Carey Price, uh, for starters, uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll start where you finish there. I mean, Carey Price, is, uh, his playing days are over. Um, uh, he spoke with, uh, with reporters, I would say, maybe about a month ago and said that, and it was interesting, that basically he feels as though he could come to training camp right now and make the team. However, the grind of an 82-game season, just impossible at this point. Um, played in a couple softball games this summer and took two weeks for the swelling in his, uh, in his need to, uh, to subside. So he is just, uh, he's not healthy and fit to play. I wonder about what capacity we see him in with the organization moving forward. I do think he will still be involved in, uh, in some capacities, but uh, his playing days are finished. With, with, with the goaltending now, I think they are waiting to see if what we saw from Samuel Montembeau last year was a one-off or if he's the real deal. He had a really terrific season last year, especially when you look at some of the advanced stats for goalies that would take into consideration the team he had in front of him. You're looking at a, a goaltender that was in the 10, 11, 12 range across the entire league. Then he coupled that with a really great performance at the World Championships with Canada, winning uh, the gold medal. And he was a big, big part of it that was not uh, an overly strong Canadian roster compared to what we've sent uh, in years past. So they, they like where his game is at, but can he do it again? Uh, because he is in a contract year. So they have they have uh, decisions uh, to make uh, at goalie with uh, Sam Montembeau, with Jake Allen, one of those guys. And I know I've brought up injuries uh, many times so far, uh, but uh, injuries really disrupted Jake Allen last year as well. And uh, the year before that, he's had uh, trouble staying healthy. But um, talking to him uh, during uh, this training camp, he seems to want to Take the take the net a little bit more, uh, get more starts. So I think it's going to be a healthy competition between the two guys. Uh, we'll, we'll see what ultimately Martin Saint Louis decides to do uh, when it comes to uh, distributing the starts. And then uh, the Canadians are trying to uh, stockpile uh, talent in the system. I mean, we saw uh, Jacob Dobesh out of uh, Ohio State that played the second half of the first preseason game. He seems promising, and. Uh, uh, a Fowler as well, who they drafted in the third round in this past draft. Actually, they took three goalies uh, in the most recent draft. So they're they're trying to uh, plan ahead with uh, with the goaltending situation. But uh, in in the short ter- term, right now, it's it's definitely a big big question mark for this team. Mitch, this is Eddie Steele here. Let's uh, switch gears and talk about the other local team out in your market, uh, something that I could talk 24-7 <laughs> football. Uh, I've, uh, I've competed against Cody Fajardo. I have my opinions about Cody Fajardo. Is it as simple to say, because right now Montreal is sitting in a, a pretty position, second in the East, and uh, really they have control of everything, a game up against Hamilton. Uh, is it safe to say uh, this team honestly is just going to go where Cody takes them? Um, yeah, I, I don't know about that because I just, I really feel as though the Alouettes, uh, bread is buttered by their, their defense and the offense has to be okay to good for them to win football games. But I don't think their offense necessarily has to be great 
to win football games. Mm-hmm. And Cody Fajardo, just when it comes to the players of importance on the Alouettes, he seems to fall down uh, the totem pole just a little bit. Even on that offense, you know, you know, you look at uh, what what they try to do in the run game, especially with uh, with William Standback. The, the the big problem uh, for the Alouettes, they, they they were a bit banged up. Um, on their defense when uh, the, when they went through their losing streak. A little bit healthier now, but they just simply haven't been able to beat the top teams in the league. They haven't been able to beat those uh, three top teams. It's like there's uh, the three tiers in the CFL right now with uh, your, your BC, Winnipeg, and Toronto, and then you have that like middle of the pack with Montreal, and I guess to a lesser extent, uh, Edmonton, uh, sorry, Calgary, and... Uh, no, don't get Edmonton in there just yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's been a bit of a slip in the touch since I'm on with you guys. Wow, oh, yeah. I, I feel for it uh, coming out of that streak that you guys uh, that you guys were on uh, all those weeks back. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's just it's they haven't been able to beat those three top teams. They played very good football when they played against the teams below them in the standings. And, like you said, they control their own fate right now and it looks like uh, they're destined for an east division semifinal with uh, with hamilton and i think they would and should uh win uh, that potential game it just comes down to okay at some point are they going to be able to come out with a come out come out with a standout performance against a, a team like toronto and at this point that's hard to see and i guess you know eddie going back to your original point maybe that's hard to see because of limitations that they have at uh, the quarterback position uh, but all in all, this team, if they're going to win a game uh, like that, like like I'm talking about in an in an East final, it's going to be because their defense takes them. They're not because of their, their offense. Mitch Gallo, TSN 960 Montreal, guesting with Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. I wanted to touch a little bit on the local angles uh, with the Alouettes, uh, Mitch. And, uh, first of all, Lawal Uguak. So... Came out of uh, Harry Ainley, went down to the NCAA at uh, UConn and transferred to TCU, uh, defensive lineman like uh, our pal Eddie Steele here, uh, drafted by the Alouettes. Uh, how has his first season, I guess, gone in Montreal? You know, uh, to be very honest with you, uh, on, on the surface, he's not somebody that I've paid okay. a lot of attention to. And maybe that just goes to show you that he's uh, flying under the radar. Uh, you know how it is sometimes mm-hmm. with a football team. There's just so many players on these rosters. And if you're not one of the mainstays or you're a little bit new, newer or, or fresher to the equation, hard to really give a breakdown of his yeah, game, especially fair. those guys playing on the offensive line. But what I can tell you is that all in all, the Alouette's uh, defense, has been a very aggressive defense led by that uh, by that front by that uh, attack wanting to get at the quarterback. Uh, Noel Thorpe, um, I'm sure, loves having a guy like that uh, on his uh, defensive squad. But to give you guys a breakdown, like I don't, I don't want to to just make things up and 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 say nice things because yeah. he's a, he's a local guy out of Edmonton. Uh, if you guys give me a call uh, in a couple weeks from now, I'll give you guys a better scouting report on what he's been able to yeah, do. Fair, fair. Uh, seventh overall pick. Uh, he went uh, to TCU, made it to the national championship game. Uh, he would have been a rotating lineman. Eddie, what would you say about Luol? Uh Much like uh, what Mitch said, it's, it is very tough throughout the season. 
there's a lot of moving parts, and if you're not kind of a, a mainstay or even a rotational player that's getting significant snaps, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but you kind of get lost in the yep. shuffle, and that's uh, probably what happened, especially a young kid too. Fair. I mean, I spent most of my first season on the practice roster, and mm-hmm. it's probably the best thing that happened to me, helped me become a pro. Yeah. Mitch Gallo, TSN 960 Montreal is our guest. Carrie is Steel, Sports 1440. Jason Moss, well, we saw the fire here for years. Um, has he kind of loosened off a little bit of that, Mitch? Where do you see that with Jason? Uh, I mean, we don't see it on a day-to-day basis like we did out here for years. Uh, what's it like uh, being out there and seeing Jason on kind of a day-to-day basis? Uh, it's funny you ask that. It's, 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 one, of the, uh, it's one of the first things. Uh, that he was obviously asked about at his uh, first uh, press conference <laughs> when he was introduced as the Alouette's uh, new head coach. And uh, those uh, those outbursts, something uh, he's definitely been known for. But uh, we haven't really seen it uh, here in Montreal. Maybe he hasn't been uh, given a reason uh, just yet. Uh, maybe the games haven't been too important as far as, you know, their their future or if, if they're going to be able to make the playoffs or not. But unfortunately, like, look, in, in, in media, in broadcasting, we, we love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It gives us a fodder. It gives us something to talk about. Sometimes gives us a great uh, soundbite. But he's been under his best behavior, guys. <laughs> he hasn't had any of those uh, outbursts just yet, unfortunately. No. Um, Al's in Montreal. Uh, Al's in Ottawa tonight, pardon me, uh, taking on Red Blacks. Can I tee up uh, that one for a, uh, just a quick, uh, quick um, look ahead for our listeners, uh, Mitch? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the uh, the Alouettes have uh, dominated the uh, the Red Blacks this year. Uh, like they have most of the teams uh, below them in the standings. Uh, Alouettes, I think, uh, the games like this now down the stretch are going to be very important. They still have uh, another one uh, against the Red Blacks uh, coming up on uh, Thanksgiving Monday. So kind of uh, a game uh, on the road and a game at home left against uh, Ottawa. But I think you're, you're looking big picture now. Getting wins uh, is pretty darn important. You got a lot of those, like when they went through their poor stretch, mm-hmm. because they had a stretch where they played on a short week, five days, had to travel across the country, play against Winnipeg. They lost that one. Had to play uh, NBC, yeah. lost that one. Had to play the back-to-back against Toronto, lost both those games, and people were jumping off the bandwagon a little bit. Uh, they they pick up that win last week uh, on the road against Calgary, so see, things seem to have cleaned up a little bit, trending in the right direction. And you don't want to lose to a beatable team like Ottawa and, and disrupt all that goodwill that you just built up with that win against a team that was uh, desperate in in the stamps uh, last week. Uh, the Alouettes are really eyeing uh, being at home for the uh, East Division semifinal. Uh, against Hamilton just to make the path uh, a little bit easier. So it should be a good one tonight, but a game that I expect the Alouettes to win. Hey, uh, thanks very much for this, Mitch. Uh, Appreciate it. Enjoy uh, covering the Owls and, of course, the Canadians this year. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great morning. That's Mitch Gallo, TSN 960 Montreal. Some breaking news out of Ottawa and regarding the Edmonton Oilers. Steve Stales has resigned his position as special advisor to the Oilers. And Steve Steos has been appointed president of hockey operations with the Ottawa Senators. Not no a surprise. surprise. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of rumblings about this for a long time. We've uh, been talking about that with Steve. Uh, I have anyway, because I've known Steve a long, long time, uh, about his opportunities. He's an Eastern guy, but obviously a lot of ties to Edmonton. Um 
So, Steve Stales, uh, off to Ottawa. Um, we'll discuss that and a whole lot more when we, when we come back. Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program, 742 in Edmonton. Carius Steele, Sports 1440, as we touched on before the break. Um, Steve Stales is heading to the Ottawa Senators. Um Steos uh, has been with the Oilers in an advisory role for the last little bit. Uh, Oilers CEO of Hockey Operations, Jeff Jackson, issued uh, a statement this morning, uh, just minutes ago, uh, saying Steve Steos has resigned his position as a special advisor to the Oilers Hockey Operations to pursue another opportunity. We have accepted Steve's resignation. Thank him for his time with the club and wish him the best in his future endeavors. So uh, the Senators announced that Steos will be going to their team as president of hockey operations, uh, reporting to new owner Michael Andlauer. Uh, He will uh, preside over the Senators' hockey uh, department. And uh, from Andlauer this morning, I'm so excited that Steve is joining me in Ottawa to lead our hockey operations. I have worked with Steve for many years and know firsthand that he will strengthen our team with his hockey acumen, attention to detail, commitment to excellence, and enthusiasm for the game and its players. In hockey, you can never accumulate too much talent. Having Steve and Pierre Dorian leading our hockey department gives us a formidable team. So... Steve Steos, uh, I've known him for a long time. Uh, he used to be with the Kevin Carius, Steve Steos Celebrity Golf Tournament for Easter Seals. We used to co-host it 20-odd uh, years ago or whatever it was. Yeah, it's 20 years ago, 2003. So uh, uh, wish, wish Steve and his wife Suzanne kids the best. Uh, uh, Steve was, uh, you know, he was heading up uh, Hamilton Bulldogs yep. uh, for years yep. in the OHL. This has been talked about for a long time, uh, depending on what the ownership was was going forth with Michael Ann Lauer and figuring out that step first. But um, I think it's a, it's a loss for the Oilers organization. I think he was probably being groomed mm-hmm. uh, for a higher position. You know, we've all heard the rumblings and stuff with Kenny Holland and, and things like that. But um, you can never have enough talent in an organization. So yeah, uh, Quality people. That's the whole thing. And when you're building a, a franchise like the Senators are, I think that's where they're the direction of what they want, uh, their vision. I think Steve kind of sees that, and and I think he he saw the vision here. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have been around here exactly he for, have for for all so that long. time. Yeah. So he's going to kind of take his knowledge and and let's be honest, he would have learned a lot here. Yeah, and now he's taking a lot of that, as Michael Andlauer says, acumen um, to Ottawa. So, I mean, I think it's a great move for Steve. He, uh, he's an Easterner guy at, at heart, yep. Eastern Canadian guy at heart. Um, so he was uh, with the Bulldogs as president in 2015. Then, you know, Sun was playing there. Sun was a good defenseman too. So um, It's always good to see people get yeah. the opportunities to level up too, you know. And uh, the writing was on the wall for quite some time that I think he was eventually going to end up in Ottawa. And uh, it's just good to see it come to fruition and just people, good people getting the opportunities they deserve. Mm-hmm. So he, he's, you know, been involved in hockey his whole life, really. He was with the Leafs and the Marlies and things like that. Uh, was head coach. Uh, you know, in that sense, in that sense too, as well. So, uh, he was a good oiler. I mean, he was a really hard nosed player. He gave it all. Mm-hmm. And that's, 
again, I think when you're building a franchise, that's you have to have those guys that gave it their all so those players see um, what they can be, what they can aspire to. Absolutely. Did you see that? Like when, like, let's look at uh, for you uh, in 2015, a guy like Ed Hervey. Mm-hmm. Let's just use that analogy. So similar but different for you? Absolutely. It, it is similar but different. But uh, where the similarities are is, it's like you mentioned, giving your all. And with Ed, too, uh, Ed just kept it real, mm-hmm. you know. And I've had GMs and management where they beat around the bush and they don't just tell you to your face. But Ed, the way he communicated, it was very direct and uh, wasn't always what you wanted to hear. But he kept it real, and mm-hmm. that's something that I really respect with Ed because at the end of the day, that's as a man playing football, that's all you want to hear is just keep it real with me. Uh, I have to get my facts straight on this, but I believe when the Oilers um, hired Peter Shirelli, um, they had to give up a draft pick to Boston. Uh, I'm not sure if there's something like that, some kind of a compensatory pick, uh, some sort of a... Um, you know, the, the, do, do, does Ottawa have to give something up here? Not sure. If, if low tide's listening, he'll he'll get a crack because Calgary's <laughs> probably going to get a pick in all this somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, text coming into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Oh man, you you got a big fan here, Duke. The Duke. Uh, uh, this is from Babbage Stash. Big miss by Ottawa. I would have hired the Duke. Man, I, I know puck. What can I say? Yeah, big puckhead. Um, <laughs> uh, Pillman says good for stunning Steve. Uh, um, Army Daryl c- comes in. Just does Ottawa get fined for tampering? That uh, just comes in right after we we mentioned that. So, um, yeah, maybe there is some sort of a compensatory pick or something like that. We'll uh, figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Uh, someone's coming in. RCN says no. They don't. NHL get rid of compensation. So. Uh, we're going to have to look into that a little more. But we, like, it's been ah, open news yes. that him and uh, Michael Landauer, they're good buddies. The relationship is history there. There's a long-standing history. So everybody knew mm-hmm. that that's kind of what was going to happen. You know, and, and again, Steve Stales is a guy that he's seen both sides of it. Like, you know, he's been through the trenches. Um, as far as a, a defenseman goes, undersized defenseman, mm. but ended up playing a lot of hard, hard effort, hard minutes, PK minutes, blocking shots. Grimy. Yeah. I love that. You know me, I love the griminess <laughs> because you need that. You need yep. grimy guys on a team because the grimy guys are what lets the superstars be superstars. So Eugene Melnick, Sells the team, the family sells the team to Michael Andlauer. And, and I mean, Ottawa, Sens are sitting pretty. Yeah. They've locked up five of their top guys. Yeah, they're laughing. Five. Yeah, favorable contracts too. They might not look uh, awesome right now, but when that cap shoots up, Ottawa is going to be laughing in a couple of years. Um, all those guys that they locked up basically around the $8 million kind of mark in Ottawa. Um Brady Kachuk's the heart and soul of the team. I mean, I think you have to look at that easily. Um, all those guys are basically in the $8 million range, mm-hmm. eight three, eight two, 2 uh, for the top two. Stutzla, Kachuk. Um, I mean, they pick up Vlad Tarasenko. Right. I mean, that's another one. And again, w- yeah. wait till that cap yeah. goes up because those contracts are going to age so well for that organization. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton gets nothing from Gordoyle. Steve left for a promotion. Yes. Um, 
This is a I, this is a good move for Steve. It, it is. I mean, I think the Oilers wish him all the best. Now I think there's a little bit of a, a hole in the organization that they have to figure that out. I, I don't see it being a problem to fill that hole. I think a lot of people will want to um, come here. Uh, we're going to be starting to bandy names around uh, mm-hmm. again. This is an interesting season, and Ken Holland has been so um, transparent with what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I think if the Oilers were to win a Stanley Cup, and that's that's a it's a tough task. I think Ken Holland probably packs it in. Yep, sails off. Uh, if he doesn't, or if the Oilers don't, does he stay around? Hard to say. This is year five for him? Year five, yeah. yeah. Last so, year of the contract. Last year. Um, well, uh, uh, much like everybody saw the writing on the wall with Steos leaving, the Oilers organization, they're no dummies up there either. So they had to have a plan in place knowing that they're going to be losing this quality body. I mean, Jeff Jackson, mm-hmm. great, great guy, great hire. So that's a nice addition to the organization. Obviously, we know the relationship there. Uh First time in a long time when we talked to Mark Spector at 8 o'clock, he's got a little bit of iron in the fire here. You know, he's like, well, what's going on? That, uh, you know, nothing really happens at 6 in the morning, does it? You know? Uh, <laughs> so he's going, like, Speck is just licking his chops right now. He's fired up. You got something he's to com- go with. coming on in 10 minutes uh, for Booster Juice. Mark Spector on the mark. He's going to be uh, offering his insight on this. Um, uh, one uh, other uh, uh, CFL note I wanted to kind of touch base with you, Eddie, on a quick one. Uh, some rumblings, I, I think it was uh, Farhan Lalji out of uh, Vancouver talking about Colin Kaepernick yeah. uh, signing on the uh, neg list for the BC Lions. Just a PR little stunt here or what? Yeah, I mean, first of all, these neg lists, uh, if you know any detail about the CFL, the neg list, that often you'll find big names land on it, but it's really meaningless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Colin Kaepernick, I mean, the dude, I, I liked him. I really liked him as a player, but he hasn't played a meaningful football game or thrown a meaningful pass in six-plus years. <laughs> so I don't know who in their right mind thinks they're just going to come out of six-year hiatus, come back and just be sharp as a tool. I, it's just not happening. Not at the quarterback position. Too hard. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Steos, by the way, uh, also with, um, I guess you could call it uh, experience in managing hockey, uh, was Team Canada with the World Juniors, also under 17, so with the youngsters there. Team Canada at the World Championship, uh, also won gold as a player at the Worlds and uh, a silver. So um, played over 1,000 games in the NHL, Boston, Vancouver, Atlanta, here in Edmonton and one of the few guys that did play with the Oilers and the Canucks and then uh, finished uh, with the New York Islanders but um, was on the Leafs interim coaching staff as well so I mean he's kind of handled a lot of positions he's handled a lot of positions in the sense that he's uh, seen it from all angles Um, uh, again good hire by Ottawa not surprising yeah I think the Oilers knew that this was this day was coming Mm -hmm. uh, as soon as um, and Lauer and and the the, the once he the bought sale it. once yeah, the sale once was, was done yeah so I think uh, it's a sense where Ottawa got their man for sure. Wanted to update the Ryder Cup forty fourth Ryder Cup. Uh, the Europeans won all four matches this morning, but now the Americans are coming on. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> uh, they're tied in two matches. 
Americans are two up in one match. That's Homa and Clark over McIntyre and Rose. But McElroy and Fitzpatrick will erase that one by beating Morikawa and Shoffley. So um, tomorrow is uh, back to the foursomes and then four ball uh, in the afternoon and then Sunday singles matches. So... Um, exciting. I, I don't know. I, I always you, like you the love ride. the golf. I, 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 just, I can see the twinkle in the eye. Again, I like the Ryder Cup in the sense, and I mean, I, there's so many things that I like about it, it w- moving to a team aspect. Yeah. And it's the, you know, you're playing singles, you're, and, and, and then your team, and now you're singles for the last day. Yeah. So you're back to just, it's back to world match play, WCG world match play. So... Uh, interesting for sure. All right, we're going to do a quick break, I think, here, Duke, because uh, we're going to get Speck on the line and get him on maybe a minute early because it's Friday and he wants to come on early. But uh, uh, when we come back at the top of the hour, we will be joined by Mark Spector. This uh, Sports 1440 update is brought to you by First Round. Watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.